1: Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag and Look Football. It's back. It's better than ever. And BetOnline, it's got a new web interface to start the basketball season as well. And there are more props and odds and lines than ever before because BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated site. Go on your mobile right now. Sign up today. Receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use promo code Believe Fifty B L E A B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive that bonus. Basketball football baseball postseason that's over but nhl boxing ufc write down your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming into the pod it's a bears steelers week 9 monday night football Two teams kind of heading in different directions, right? I mean, the Steelers, if they pick up a win here, and the Lions, they're right back in the race in the AFC North. The Bears, meanwhile, this is a kitchen sink game, so I'm bringing in a guest I'm so excited to talk to. His name is Dave Bryan. He is owner and operator of SteelersDepot.com. You can also find them on Twitter, at Steelers Depot. Dave, thank you for joining the pod. How are you today?
0: Joey, happy Friday. Thanks for having me.
1: Great to have you on here. Let's just get started before we talk about the game. I'm going to give you a little background about myself real quick, Dave. Um... I've been with my wife for seven years. We've been married for three. She's a diehard Yinzer uh, from Beaver County. So my uh, I married uh, into the in-laws, into a Pittsburgh Steeler family. So I have a little bit of a – just a, a tiny pulse a little bit on what's going on in Steeler Nation the past few seasons. And I want to start with – I want to ask you about Ben Roethlisberger. For a lot of people on the outside, maybe I'm wrong. They think that this is probably his last hurrah season. Typically, that's a tip of the cap and a standing O, but it seems like it's been a little frustrating for Steelers fans at times. I want to ask you, are you been able to enjoy Big Ben's perhaps last season with the Steelers this year? And what's your take on his play so far?
0: Uh, I mean, I enjoy me. Obviously, we've had Ben around since 2004 to enjoy him. And the writing obviously is was on the wall back when he you know uh, uh took that pay cut there back early in you know five million dollar pay cut in the offseason that uh you know just the way things are going the right and you know the way they did his contract too is they added some old voidable years on on that so those voidable years will uh will void five days after the Super Bowl uh this year so where it goes from there it's hard to imagine at this point based on what we've seen out of in the last several years of him playing another year past now now he obviously has not come right out and said this is it for me but uh it, it there's obviously a good bet uh that that this is his last ride indeed now as far as enjoying it you know uh look i mean the play of ben roethlisberger we're, we're not dealing with the play of ben roethlisberger you know a you know, that we saw back in the early years you yeah. know uh that, that 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 kind of uh backyard bin if you will uh it's been a lot of uh you know really uh, you know quick passes for ben for the last several years you know our rpos right now are are his best friend at this point of his uh uh career and in fact it's kind of you know uh, increasing the rpos the last three weeks if you will is kind of really what has got you know uh, this offense doing anything at that point, that, that, and, you know, the, the run game obviously being a component of the RPOs, uh, the, the line coming together and that kind of thing, but make no mistake about it Ben still having problems completing the football down the field, uh, on, on passes of, you know, more than 20 yards down the field. And that's been an ongoing problem for, for a few years now. So, you know, the recipe is quite simple when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Steeler games right now, and that is run the ball six, successfully and play good defense and you know don't don't you know Ben doesn't need to turn the football over if you can do those things that's that's you know a pretty good recipe there you know for a Steelers win this is not an offense that's probably going to put up you know 30 40 points a game you know uh, so you you really got to play good defense on the other side but uh, Ben has had some interceptable balls this year that he's gotten away with Uh, So far, and that hasn't come back to bite him yet. The turnovers are obviously down the last few few games, and that's played a big part also in the fact that this team has won its last three games. So it is what it is. Educated Steeter fans should know what they're dealing with with this version of of Ben, and the hope is that he can do just enough and the defense can play, play enough to get this team into playoffs and then see what happens from there.
1: And I guess maybe the hope is, too, that uh, Ben Roethlisberger is is educated enough to realize that he's at this point in his career, because I'm right there with you. You know, he was a guy that, you know, it was a never say die every single down. He would always try and take some maybe big shots down the field. It seems like he's slowly begun to realize that he can't play that type of game. I do feel like at times last year he kind of came up with a little bit of a dead arm. I know he was coming off the of shoulder surgery. Uh, do you have confidence right now outside of obviously – a hit somewhere in the pocket or some sort of random injury that happens all the time in the NFL. Do you feel confident that Ben's going to be able to stay upright for 17 weeks as it stands right now?
0: Look, not the way he was taking hits in those first three games of the season there. You yeah. know, uh, he was getting beat up pretty bad behind that offensive line there. Now, once again, like I said, these last you know three and a half games or so, there have been more of a concentration on the RPOs. We've, we've seen the offensive line start to gel uh, a little bit. But I mean, look at his age and look at the hits that he's taken over the years. And in fact, right now if, uh, on the injury report today, uh, he's already been listed with a pick pectoral and a hip injury. They added right shoulder injury to that to uh, uh, today. Uh, There's no there's no risk of him not playing. I don't think against the Bears on Monday night. It's just one other thing with him. Now, whether or not it, it, it was that sack that uh, uh, Malik, I think, I think, Madal kind of laid on him pretty good there in that game against Cleveland uh, the other game, or was it him on that two point conversion diving into the end zone on a play that was called back on a penalty uh, and landing on that shoulder? I don't know. But uh, uh, he here's the thing he cannot continue to get hit five six seven eight times a game now luckily that's gone down a little bit uh these these last three games as part of this winning streak and all but uh i mean it's like any quarterback around the league right and one hit away from being being out for the season but uh they they do take their toll on him probably a little bit more than most quarterbacks around the league at this point because a he's not going to run away from them and Uh, you know, not, not doing all that great of a job of defending himself against these kind of hits. In fact, the one against the Browns, I think came from behind there. So he's definitely got to be careful. Got to watch them, uh, knees and, and hip and shoulder and, and petrol at at this point. So, I mean, confident that he's going to make, make it through the season. I mean, I've done this long enough to not kind of predict that kind of stuff because injuries happen around the NFL. So, We'll just have to see what happens Monday night and then 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 go from there. But there's no way he can continue to take the kind of hits that he took those first three weeks of the season, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, right? The old song, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's where it goes into Big Ben. You nicked a little bit on the offensive line. I wanted to dive in a little bit more. Uh, if I get this correct, I believe over the last three games, you, know, you guys have struggled running the ball all season long. The last three, I think you're averaging 127 rushing yards the last three games. Of course, a lot of these things are a combination. Uh, feel free to please bring those up, but if you could maybe put your your finger on the pulse of what has been the one thing that has kind of got this Steelers run game going, has it been more you know uh, more conviction with Najee running through the holes, has it been the offensive line yelling? What would uh, what would you say it is?
0: Uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with yes. The answer to that would be yes, all the way around, because quite honestly, we're we're talking about an offensive line that has two rookies on it—a rookie at center and Kendrick Green. Uh, you're probably familiar with him playing, you know, with him uh, his college days at uh, at Illinois. There, uh, but he was mostly a guard uh, there. I think he played four or five games uh, in, in total at Illinois. So he was still going through a transition at the early part of the season of of learning. You know, not only learning the nuances or, or the speed of the game uh, overall at the NFL level, but the, the nuances of the center position on top of it. So they really asked a lot of him right out of shooting. He's been the starter since day one. And really the same goes for Dan Moore Jr., you know, uh, fourth round draft pick out of Texas A&M at left tackle as well too. Uh, no, you know, at no point did we really think we we were, were going to, you know, when training camp got started that Dan Moore Jr. would be a starter. Uh, Original, we thought Chiquamo Corfor was going to be the left tackle. Uh, uh, Zach Banner was going to be the right tackle. And then a- if need be, slowly start, putting you know getting Dan Moore some snaps well injuries obviously you don't you don't know how those things are going to go once camp gets open and they had problems with this offensive line keeping some people healthy Banner had a little bit of a setback with his knee uh, so you know they took Dan Moore Jr. who had more starts was, was more of a natural left tackle uh, than, than you know uh, coming out of college they, they put him at left tackle they put a Chiquam Ch- core Corfor uh, at, at right tackle there obviously you have uh, Trey Turner in uh, experience experienced right guard uh there and then a second year guy Kevin Dotson at left guard It's just taking time for them to gel uh overall because during the preseason because of the injuries and all that that five from left to right played zero snaps together Mm. during the preseason there so uh you know obviously you throw in two rookies you throw in a new uh offensive line coach even though he was an assistant last year in Adrian Clem this kind of stuff's takes time and you know new offensive coordinator technically and Matt Canada who's a, a quarterbacks coach for the team last season on top of it okay and then you have Najee on top of it and getting used to kind of his running style uh on top of it. now once again the RPOs uh have have helped in this the a heavier usage of that uh Naji i think is starting to understand the speed of the game a little bit better uh there's not so many uh, one thing that stuck out the most about the game against the browns this past week is we finally saw that offensive line really off the snap of the football mm-hmm. get the push there it's really really evident on the all 22 uh this game as opposed to some of the other games there so that's that's you know plays a big big part of it overall it's just a continuity uh has got you know a, a, a good number of games underneath his belt right now and probably matt canada doing a little bit better job of mixing things up and you talk about the game the the average per game rushing and the average yards per game I think yards per carry is the most overrated archaic stat in the NFL and have for years. I, I like to look more at things at successful run rates when it goes and on that, you know, first and 10, or, or first down, 40% or more of the yards needed, which technically a lot of times is going to be four yards or more. Uh, second down, 50% of the yards or more needed on second down. So if it's second and four, if you get two yards, hey, that's a successful run in the NFL uh, according to advanced metrics. And then obviously on third and fourth down, 100% of the runs. Najee has had a great month of October when it comes to the successful run rates. I think he's, you know, 57, 58% overall, which is fantastic based on what this Steelers team is. A way it's run the football in, 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 in recent years there. And on first and 10, he's, he's, he's pretty, pretty close to 50% successful run rate as well too. So a lot of little things have gone into this. And once again, this Steelers team is offense is not going to go anywhere unless they're able to have successful run rates early in games because run successful early gives you the opportunity to run successful late.
1: Well and as a Bears fan, that's I mean, this that's great stats, great insight on your part because as a Bears fan, what I want is to keep Ben in those third and eight, third and nine situations, or even maybe a second and eight, second and nine, because as we're already kind of alluding to, the more air yards that he puts into it, the less efficient and the less effective that he can be. And now that you guys have the run game going, you know, it really can be a factor. Um, I do want to ask you about Deontay Johnson. You know, me personally, I know a lot of Steelers fans knock him for the drops a little bit. He hasn't been quite, you know, as consistent as maybe his talent might see or flash on the field. But over the last four games, averaging 87.6 receiving yards, just help Bears fans that are listening in on this right now what kind of player Deontay Johnson is and perhaps maybe why I'm so terrified that he can maybe be an X factor that can really give the Bears secondary problems this Monday
0: night. Yeah, look, you talk about last year. I mean, just miserable when it came to the drop department mm-hmm. there, and uh, you know, and you go back to his college days at Toledo. You know, he had drops at Toledo, but it wasn't a chronic problem like it was last year. That that's what kind of led you to believe, like, okay, maybe this is just a one-off inside of his head type situation. Now he worked during the off-season, tennis ball machine you know, all the things that, that, that you work on, uh, when you go through that kind of, you know, kind of situation, like he went through last year with all those drops. Now I think he's had one or two so far this season. So, uh, for now it looks like it's gone away. All right. Uh, so that, that, that's key. Number one to him, you're rebounding this season. Number two, uh, He's he's an incredible route runner, and one, one of the one of the uh, attractions to him coming out of Toledo was the way he got off uh, off the line. Now he is a classic X receiver, uh, backside. Uh, kind of guy there and a kind of guy that uh, you better be careful if you, you you press him because he's got such a good release offline man you go back and look at some of uh some of the catches on the all 22 so far this season and really uh all, you you one specifically go uh last week and look at the one on the rollout Ben had to the right hand side there uh Deontay did a great job of just driving the corner up stepping on his toes basically and you know got that gate open and then then it was basically a curl comeback route right on that side there and there's like 10 yards of separation between him and the corner i mean that's college that's beyond college open at that point you know yeah. uh so and then, you know, the key, the, the the key play late in the game there, you know, an, an RPO, just a quick slant to uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, when the Steelers really had to have it there, it turns into a 50 yard gain, you know, one yard pass, 49 yard. Uh, y- yak, You know, what, what, what more can you ask for right there? So, and on top of it all, you know, a lot of people will say, man, you know, uh, it chase Claypool, the, uh, the, the, the deep threat, you know, on this team. Well, not really you know one thing we're waiting for chase claypool to do is maybe make that second year jump we're not seeing the explosive plays uh down the field and once again half on him probably with you know not getting good separation half on ben roethlisberger not having a greater accuracy past 20 yards down the field there so this team the Steelers' offense when it comes to offensive plays they're trying to manufacture them uh, a lot with you know catch short run long if you will and You know, that was a good example of that last week against Cleveland. So, yeah, he is a dangerous route runner uh, that, uh, you know, can get away from you. You know, a lot of times you you catch seven, eight, nine yard uh, passes, and you better be careful with him after the catch, because that's really his, uh, you know, where uh, positives are in his game. And on top of that, he is a guy that can go vertical as well, too. We've seen him win vertical already a couple of times this season and obviously a couple other times since he was drafted.
1: Yeah, I, I know that both sides, the Bears and the Steelers, want to get off the bus running the football, the old cliche in this game. And look, that's all very right and very, very true. But at the same time, I'm just terrified about that Deontay Johnson matchup, because on our side, we've got a guy, Jalen Johnson, who's in his second year. He's a physical receiver. He's a press coverage guy. And he's got, you know, he's got great hands, good at pass deflexing deflections. But my question is Who does he take in this mix? Does he take Deontay Johnson or does he have to take on the bigger physical receiver and chase Claypool? Because on the other side, we have a guy named Kendall Vildor. Dave, I'm telling you right now, learn number 22 in Kendall Vildor. If you go on pro football focus, I think the QB rating when they throw his direction is in the 140s, 150s. I think Big Ben's going to target him a whole lot and go to that other side. So I'm just kind of curious to see how they mix and match a little bit. And just a quick follow-up, you know, I hear the knock on Claypool. I loved him out of college. I thought he was like a tight end wide receiver hybrid. He's turned more into that wide receiver. In your opinion, is it the uh, is the knock on him that the route tree is a little limited on his side where maybe he is just a get it, get it down the field and go kind of guy? Do you think that's kind of what's holding him back in the second year? Or maybe it's just a little bit of that offense, right? Big Ben just can't you know really chuck it down the field the way he used to.
0: Well, here, here, here's the thing, and I'll answer your second question first, and we'll go back and, 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 and treat how the Bears – I mean, I, first of all, I think the Bears are probably – I don't think those corners travel too much if, if memory serves me. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, – you know, I think they usually play on their, on, on, on their separate sides. So I'll have to – you know, we're in the middle of uh, – we've got, I think, three games downloaded from the all-22 of the, of the Bears to watch, you know, a little bit more of between now and then. But uh, when it comes to Claypool, I did a full – you know, uh, Claypool was obviously at the Senior Bowl that year, and we said – people to the senior bowl every year and we we knew right off the bat that the Steelers had uh interest in Claypool at you know as early as the senior bowl there so I do con- you know context target contextualizations on a lot of wide receivers and tight ends you know during the offseason as part of our draft pro- pre-draft process and all and he was the first player that I actually did a full contextualization on target contextualization on at Notre Dame uh, that year uh one thing that 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 you know stuck out with Claypool he He could play in the slot. He could play the Z position. Uh, He was a contested catch, you know, guy down the field, uh, did a good job of, of making catches down the field. But the, one of the things that really stuck out and I, I took, I took a lot of flack for this for calling Clay. I, I liked him, but I had him as more of a third round talent than I did a second round talent. And, you know, Stater fans like splitting hairs on that. Well, you see, you know, they draft him in a second round, but you said he was a third round talent. Well, that's what I viewed him on. And the reason I viewed him as a third round talent, because trying to find tape on Claypool just blowing past people you know, uh, and, and stacking those corners on the outside uh, and, and getting more of a natural deep pass, you know, out running them down the field is few few and far between. Now he did have his explosive play catches at Notre Dame, but a lot of them were contested, c- contested ball catches, not so much him stacking a corner on the outside and running past them there. So, uh, and I've taken a lot of flex since the day he was drafted saying, look, you know, Claypool does have a bit of a problem at, at, you know, look, he did have the 4-4 four, four speed and all, but as we know, time speed doesn't necessarily translate over to to, uh, to, to on-the-field football speed, speeds, yep. you know, uh, at, at times there as well too. So that's one thing that we still that, – that Claypool – Hasn't done a lot of right, right yet is stacking those corners on the outside uh, right now. And the Steelers are kind of waiting to see that. And on top of that, he doesn't have the contested catches this year that he had during his rookie season on top of it. So that's where we are now. He can change the game in in, in an instance right now. And personally, I think they would be better served to uh, play him a little less at the Z and a little bit more as the F uh, in, in the slot there because he's more of a big slot guy. Uh, I think about 25% of his snaps were at Notre Dame were out of the slot as well, too. He can play
1: yeah, Seam that. routes, right? Like seam routes is right down the middle.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you look yeah. at the touchdown a couple of weeks ago uh, mm-hmm. uh, that he had there against the you know, cover, two. And here's another thing about Ben. it He doesn't throw a lot down the middle of the field past. Eight, eight yards past the line of scrimmage as well, too. But in certain instances, he will, especially if it's a cover two uh, type situation where those split safeties and, you know, Claypool did a nice nod route in there. So it's not so much that that Claypool's not a great route runner. I think he's obviously not the route runner that Deontay Johnson is. He They can get by on that. But the part of the game that they're really missing the most right now with Claypool is uh, they're not using him in the slot, not running enough of those slot fades to get him down the field. And then on top of it, when he is the Z, we're not seeing him stack those guys. So maybe the young corner that you're talking about, may, you know, maybe that'll be a prescription to maybe get him healthy uh, this week. But Ben's usually only good about for for taking about four or five shots of more than 20 yards down the field, and he hasn't had a good percentage of hitting, hitting those uh, as of late. Now back to your question about the corners, once again, it's going to, it's not like the Steelers play these guys on one side, so you know they'll obviously mix it up. Though they run a lot of bunch formations to either side, where they'll run their RPOs out of uh, those kind of things as well, too. So I guess it's more dependent on. I wouldn't think that the Bears would have anybody travel uh, with Deontay uh, overall. Uh, I think they'll just take their, you know, and the Bears will probably end up probably playing a little bit more cover three probably on this and uh with, with some occasional cover one because they'll probably want that extra guy down in the box to help defend against the run.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, we're time stamping this on Friday, uh, you know, around four forty-five Pacific time right now. I don't really know if we know about Eddie Jackson's status right now. And we've had all of our criticism and issues about Eddie Jackson and his tackling this year, but he does help out in terms of pass coverage of where guys can go and how we can kind of utilize that or hopefully bottle up a guy like Deontay Johnson. Let's move into this matchup a little bit. We'll go to our side of the football now, look, you know, we have a rookie quarterback. He's playing. He hasn't played great on the road this season. We've had some a couple of really disastrous game planning moments that haven't given him some great chances for success. Uh, and now he's going to Heinz Field on a Monday night. We can talk all we want about, you know, Ben and age. But that Steelers defense is pretty damn talented. Um, in general, though, what's been your take on Justin Fields so far this season? And also, it seems like a man that you're a guy that really loves diving into the college game. What did you think of Justin Fields coming out of college too, as well?
0: Well, obviously, because we were pretty confident the Steers weren't going to draft a quarterback this year, (laughs) it was more surface study on on the top quarterbacks. Understood, yeah. Okay, so we didn't... Deep dive heavily into 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 quarterback stuff, uh, but I mean, obviously, I watched enough tape on him where I felt like I had a pretty decent feel. knew he was obviously one one of the top quarterbacks in this year's class. Uh, what I've seen so far from from him, obviously, the, uh, in in the early games, that he was a little bit over his head early I think uh in, in the snaps that he got uh, uh probably seemed to get confused a little bit and that that led obviously to get a, him taking really some vicious hits you know uh, uh early on in there and heck I think he probably right now leads leads in uh and even though he hasn't played a, uh, every game I think he leads the NFL in time sacked uh, yeah, overall
1: we're giving up 3.8 a game and I think it's one per every 9.9 dropbacks right now right now
0: uh, one thing I think that uh uh, you know, they're not design running him enough. In fact, I think it's only like two or three design runs in total in the game against the 49ers that I put on the other, uh, the other day, I think they should, Potentially, maybe do more design runs uh, with 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 Justin Fields while he gets. And I, I think also I'm not seeing enough RPOs. I think the best thing is to keep it simple, stupid with these young quarterbacks sometimes, and put them more in kind of an RPO situation there, where you're kind of taking you know taking a lot of decision uh, you know uh, 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 away from there, where it's just some reads and all. I think he's got you know adequate enough arm strength right now. However, comma I think he's six for six for 28 or six for no six for 22 or six for 24 on deep passes, more than 20 yards down the field. Mm -hmm. So he's having just like Roethlisberger, he's having a problem connecting down the field right now. Now, obviously the line play might have a little bit, you know, uh, uh, to do that, to, to do that, maybe he's not totally understanding some coverage things right now on top of, but I did like kind of the way they, they put him on the move a little bit. Some of that misdirection stuff that I saw against the 49ers, uh, rolling them out putting some levels concepts in front of them where it's just really really easy reads and throws for them and I think that's the best way the last thing you want this kid to have is is, is the old uh, David Carr syndrome where and he you know, gets sacked 50 something times as a rookie and you, know, you really lose a lot of confidence in there. He's obviously got some mobility with him. I think they'd be better designed to up the RPO usage on him, continue to, 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 to move him out of the pocket after the snap uh, that way, and then... You know, add in some design runs on, on on top of instead of him having to rush for 100 yards by you know most of those being quarterback scrambles, if you will. But uh, it's obviously way too early to pass fail this kid. I mean, you got to get into second season with some of these quarterbacks and all before you get in that uh, that 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 aspect of it. So you know, it's way too early to I I, I think grade him uh, right now, especially you know, the situation that he's in there in in, in Chicago. But uh, make no mistake about it, you know, like like you said, the Bears, much like the Steelers, probably want to come out with the Herbert kid. Yep, and and establish the run with him. I'm assuming that it's still too early for Montgomery with the window just opening it back uh, up, up for him. I think he just returned to practice this week with his 21-day window. I wouldn't expect him to be active against the Steelers Monday night. But I would, you know, if if I'm the Bears, I try to really, really get that running game going successful. And I tell you one thing that stuck out, at least in that game against the 49ers, is that uh, the Bears line, uh, uh, at least in the run blocking department, seemed to be moving the 49ers off the ball there pretty good you know so uh uh you know but early returns i you know i i i think they did okay with the pick from at least what i can see right now
1: yeah uh you look uh, just for my you know quick my take on the whole thing is that i think his mental makeup and his demeanor has checked every single box so far i think that's a good start because i agree with you we can't make certain conclusions and determinations on this kid until at least what maybe yeah end of next year even then I mean,
0: he, he was an underclassman too. Right. So, I mean, this yes. is, you know, technically this is his senior year and, you know, and he, uh, and he
1: transferred, he transferred from try. Georgia to Ohio state. So he doesn't, you know, it's not because for lack of him, not having the reps, he just had different stuff going on. I will say though, the, yeah, he's caught in between on a bunch of different stuff. And it's a combination of the coaching and the game planning with that offensive line. Now to your point with that offensive line, you know, Jason Peters, 39 years old, we signed him a couple weeks before training camp. He's kind of the epitome of this offensive line of big, nasty, smart, in the run game great but if you're asking them to be like physical go side to side you know maybe you know do a little bit unless we're doing chip help on there they get pretty lost in pass pro pretty pretty quickly and that's where justin fields is struggling with his clock he's either holding the ball too long or when that first progression breaks he's not trusting that window that he sees with that downfield passing again inaccurate i think a part of it just because He just isn't isn't comfortable yet. He's not reading blitzes yet, you know, and it's kind of a terrifying matchup a little bit for Monday. And we're going to see what happens. Um, I do want to ask you and and be gentle. uh, We you know, we (laughs) we rank uh, the bottom of the NFL in points, passing yards, all sorts of stuff. Can you as a Steelers analyst um, name anything really that concerns you from the Bears side of things about this matchup going against the Steelers? Is there anything that you're looking at this team saying the Steelers need to watch out for this?
0: <laughs> you tell me what how that injury report's gonna uh, shake out with Khalil Mack. Uh, yeah. That's uh, you know, that's uh uh you know that that's got to be the, the the number one thing right now, especially as we sit here on Friday, because Khalil Mack has not practiced the first two days here. Uh, obviously, Khalil Mack's coming off of being uh, out for that game against the 49ers. Uh, if Khalil Mack plays, you know, I, you know, even if he's not 100 <laughs> percent, I've watched that guy long enough. I remember scouting him back. I think uh, yeah, uh, coming out of Buffalo there. Uh, that 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 guy is a premier pass rusher in the NFL for a reason there. So. Uh, that's scary. Uh, you know, know enough about team a, a, a Hicks over the years, and, and and what he can do up front there. I think Eddie Goldman's, you know. Uh, an underrated nose tackle in, in, in the NFL as well, too. Uh, and everybody, uh, I, we scouted a, a lot of Roquan Smith when he was coming out and all as well, too. I don't think he's probably lived up to, to expectations, but he is a guy that both can play the run and can both uh, rush the passer via blitzes you know, uh, uh, up the middle as well, too. But uh, A, number one, and Mike Thomas hit on this, I mean, it's Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. And obviously, if if Mac's not part of that equation, you can spend a little bit more time, uh, uh, have a tight end over there on, on, on Robert Quinn, hitting him in the ribs a little bit, you know, uh, occasionally. Now, the Steelers, you know, chose last week against Miles Garrett you know, they didn't give uh, they didn't give the uh, rookie left tackle over there a lot of help at all. Uh, they, they pretty much left them on an island. But uh, uh, I maybe they'll learn a little bit from that lesson uh, last week and all. But there's no way that you don't talk about the Bears right now and, 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 you know, ahead of this game and talk about a guy like Khalil Mackin, especially with his status kind of being questionable right now.
1: Well, and the problem with the Khalil Mackin, which is why I still feel a little dubious about it, is the guy has had – a shoulder, an elbow, a knee, a different thing. For the Over the last year and a half, he's been on a questionable list, on the injured list every single week, and he ends up playing. The fact that he didn't play last week just leads me to believe that it's a little bit more serious than perhaps people are letting on. So I am very curious about that situation moving forward. And, and also to your point, you know, if he's not on the field, we'll have to see what happens. My confidence level right now is not very high in this Bears defense, but, you know, in the preseason when we pulled up the schedule, you know, we pulled it up and we went – Packers, Buccaneers, 49ers, Steelers, Ravens. And as a Bears fan, we said, oof, that's going to be tough. You know, we're coming towards the end of the teeth of that right now, and it hasn't looked very good the past three weeks from the Bears defensively. I'm curious if there is a bounce-back mentality in them for Monday to maybe make this low-scoring and close. We're going to have to see how this happens. Final question for Dave Bryan here with Steelers Depot right here on on Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Uh, If you can indulge me, Dave, I ask uh, this question of anyone that I bring on that is an opponent to help us learn a little bit more about uh, the Bears' uh, foe that's going to be happening to them this week. The Chicago Bears will win in Week Nine if blank.
0: Uh, they have to run the football and get the win the win the turnover battle probably by plus two. You know, there's an old thing called uh, the the top stat, tox stat T O X turnovers and explosive plays, and that stat tells you that uh, if you have Plus two in turnovers or explosive plays more than the opposition. Eighty percent of the time, you're going to win that game. So uh, I think the Bears uh, need to protect uh, Fields. They uh, uh, and you do so by running the football uh, effectively. So if they can run the football effectively with Herbert and stay ahead of the chains, and if they can force a turnover to and get a short field uh, for uh, for Fields, that's 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 the easy recipe there because the Steelers are not a juggernaut offensive. You know uh, uh, when it comes. You know, offensively, I don't expect the Steelers to score a ton of points in this game anyway. So if you're already going to think that this this game has the uh, has the chance of being close here, then, you know, a, a turnover or two going the other way, especially on a short field, could really, really impact this game heavily. So running the football and takeaways for the Bears defense, that's, uh, that's the best recipe for them to win this game.
1: Yeah. What is it? Um, doesn't Mike Tomlin call it? He calls them splash plays, right? That'd be a TOS in, in, uh, in Tomlin.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it would. Uh, I, I'm I kind of old school, though, and, and, and you know, go the explosive play route there. But, uh, yeah. And look, I mean, if you look at uh, in another uh, advanced metric that some of your listeners might be interested in in researching and I've tracked it uh, forever in a day is uh, what would you call adjusted net yards for passing attempt stat? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's a, that's a pat. You know, you you. You come up with that stat for both the offense and defense. They're very easy to find on Pro Football. Uh, reference as well too, uh, the Bears right now I believe are 30th in the NFL in differential, and that's not good. Obviously, you uh, they have a very very low uh, offensive adjusted net yards per passing attempt and a, a you know fairly high defensive adjusted net yards per passing attempt number. Their differential once again ranks them at like I think 30th in the NFL or 32nd in the NFL and the lions are right there with them at either 30, whatever the opposite one that, that the bears is at right there. Uh, now, Ah, uh, the way you change that is you, especially on defensive side of ball, is you get sacks and you get take you know, uh, interceptions. And the way you obviously uh, change that on the offensive side of football is to not take sacks and not get interceptions. That you know they're they're that predicated uh, uh, that that kind of stat there. But you can read about all that stuff, of course, on Pro Football Reference and all. But uh, they definitely need to change that. The Steelers aren't great in that stat right now, too. In fact, their defense uh, they are uh, negative. Point .9 differential uh, when it comes to the Steelers' own offensive and def- defensive adjusted net yards for passing attempt stat. And ideally, if you want to compete after eight weeks in the season, that differential needs to be in positive territory, and the Steelers are not there, so that's not a great sign for them. However, they are—you know—they have played better football the last three games, and they have uh, obviously won those last three games as well, too, there. So uh, uh, going to be an interesting matchup to see what happens there uh, Monday night in, uh, at Hinesfield.
1: It's been uh, it's been quite a season for us, Dave. I'll tell you. You know, Bears offensively, we've had a lot of angst. Uh, you know, pretty much my entire life. But you know, this season we are the ultimate limbo game. You know, you think we can go low? Just watch. We'll go lower. We can hey, go lower. Just hey, Mike,
0: Mike Tomlin's zero and three against the Bears. Uh, for, I know. Isn't, in that,
1: a, isn't a, that weird? The weird stat. Yeah. Big Ben's one and three. Right. Once uh, a year.
0: And, and the last time the, the Steelers beat the Bears was uh, the, Erl- the Bettis over Erlacher game. Uh, that's right. that, that's to how. Three. That's how long it's been since the Steelers have beaten the Bears, and once again, the Steelers are 0-3 against the Bears during the Mike Tomlin. There's only two teams Mike Tomlin has yet to beat during his long NFL career since 2007: the Bears wow. and the Saints. If you can believe that. So, wow. uh, uh, they, you know, there is that working against them, and you know, we've seen the Steelers team lay some clunkers during the Mike Tomlin era against some teams that they probably should have beat here. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it's not you know any given Sunday. I'm not a believer in trap game at the NFL level I think that's I think it's a myth I believe in the trap game um more so at the at the college level but I you know you can't sell me on it at at the NFL level let me ask you a question real quick uh is uh is is what does Nagy have to do in order to keep his job past this season
1: Oh, wow. What does he have to do? Well, so he has the backing of ownership. He came back this year for the encore that no one wanted. All right. So he already has that kind of going for them. It's starting to circulate just a little bit that there's rumors and whispers throughout ownership. They're letting it leak that they're not happy. You've even seen it in the last couple of days. They've begun to kind of throw a couple names out like Brian DeBall from the Buffalo Bills just got kind of tossed out there as them maybe looking into it. I'll be honest with you, the only thing that would probably save his job, I mean man, playoffs and maybe a playoff win at this point and look, we're 3 and 5. So I don't really know how that happens. I will tell you that this is another type of game where at 3 and 5, it's kitchen sink time. This is the fifth time in the last 9 seasons since we fired Lovey Smith where they are at 3 and 5 at some point in their season completely unacceptable right I think by any standard of any sort of fan base that can have any expectation for their football team so in this game right here it's one thing to lose the game but if he puts up a performance that's similar to the Browns and Buccaneers I could see them making a move and cutting him right away because we have a bye week the week after start moving the pieces around seeing what happens again the small little wrinkle in all this is that Nagy and our general manager Ryan Pace they're tied at the hip so if we cut him loose midseason Who's making these decisions? What's happening? I Honestly, I don't know how exactly he can turn this thing around because the stink of what we're at right now, I think 127 passing yards a game right now, it's really hard to deodorize that right now, I'll be honest with you. And even if Justin Fields puts together four or five games of, what, 250 yards or something, three touchdowns and all that business, I think a lot of people are probably going to point their finger at the kid more than they're going to point it at the coach. It's time for a change. They make the playoffs. They win a playoff game. I guess that would probably be the only way, in my opinion, that we could probably turn the ship, or Matt Nagy could turn the ship right now of continuing to be the coach for the Chicago Bears.
0: I got you. Right. Yeah,
1: and real quick, before I get you out of here, I'm sorry. Uh, real quick, do you know Chris Boswell's status right now? And if he does not go, Josh Lambeau coming in, do you feel like Matt, my, Mike Tomlin might put a little bit of a cap? You know, sometimes they'll say, hey – we're not going to do anything beyond 40 yards with a, with a kicker that's filling in. Could you see a fourth and six, fourth and seven because they don't trust him, or do you think it might be full go if Lambo has to fill in?
0: Yeah, look, I mean, I I think 45 to 40, 48, he'll probably send he would probably send a guy like Lambo uh, okay. uh, out there for that. Now the the thing with Chris Boswell obviously started a week in concussion protocol. Uh, boy, the way he was kind of moving around, I thought he injured his knee or something like, like that (laughs) way, way way he hit the ground there, but, uh, still
1: left his body for a second there too. I was worried about uh, organs and things as well. Right. Right. And, uh, look, you know how this concussion protocol can
0: go. Sometimes you can think it's one thing you see a guy practice full one day, and then you turn around and get to, uh, get, get, get to game time. And, and, you know, he, you know, it doesn't get to go ahead. I will say this though. He, he was, uh, uh, I didn't think we would see him even limited on Thursday. He was listed as limited, and they listed him today as a full practice participant. So, uh, assuming he doesn't have a setback on you know tomorrow on on, on Saturday, uh, they still might list him as questionable just in case. But I mean, I think the Steelers to get get a little bit of a benefit here with this being the extra day of this week with the Monday Night Football. I think that obviously plays in 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 Boswell's favor, and as long as there's nothing wrong, I mean, because he was limping pretty good when he got up from from that hit. That's why I thought it was more than maybe just a concussion there. But if there's nothing wrong with him from 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 the neck down, and all he has to do is con uh, you know, uh, pass concussion protocol, then. And like I said, he, he listed as uh, a full participant today. That's a little bit further along than I thought he would be at this point. So, uh, uh, but I mean, the, the, the key will obviously be Sunday when they have to make the move, whether or not to uh, elevate Lambeau off of the practice squad or not. So you'll get all your keys hours before the game or not. But when it comes to to length uh, to for Lam- Lambeau at uh, Hinesville, I, I would think 48 yards right around in there. Mike Tomlin wouldn't have any issue in in, in, in sending him out there.
1: Dave Bryan from Steelers Depot here on Bet Chicago. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time. I know I hit you up kind of last minute. You were so gracious and so kind of fit, figure, uh, fit us into your schedule so quickly. If you can, please you know toss out uh, your socials. Um, you know way to check out the website, all the good people to check out your content. Because trust me, you know I say this all the time. I know this is a Chicago sports podcast, but I can guarantee you, I have uh, in laws and family members that are fans of yours and want to check out
0: more of your content. Yeah, uh, steedersdepot.com is the website. Uh, Been around since 2008. We have uh, three full-time People on the site, uh, we put out about uh, sometimes close to 30 posts a day. We average about 20, uh, about 22 posts a day on the site, um, you know, seven days a week there. Uh, we do a podcast three days a week. We do a podcast, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Those shows are usually an hour and a half in length there. Uh, we do uh, what's called a terrible take uh, seven days a week. It's about a three-minute se- uh, segment that you can find on our, on, on our podcast feed as well, too. And... Jeez, I mean, I don't know. At Steelers Depot on, on, on Twitter, I can be a little bit irritating on there at times. But uh, uh, that, that, that that's where you find me on there. But I, I do appreciate you having me.
1: Of course. Thank you so much. And, and, and truly, uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. I really enjoyed the insight. I Hopefully, our listeners learned a whole lot about the Steelers and just about football in general. And, and truly, man, when I was trying to source out and talk to different family members and stuff that were real true, Yinzer Steelers fans, a lot of them recommended going to Steelers Depot and checking you out and reaching out to you. Um, so you just know that you're doing, you're doing good stuff and the Steelers fans really love the content that you put out. And thank you so much for coming on the pod.
0: Well, I certainly do appreciate it. Peace and love.
1: Today's episode of bet on Chicago with Joey Christopoulos was brought to you by betonline.ag 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Only when you use promo code believe 50 B L E A V five zero. Thank you so much for checking out this pod. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember when in doubt, always bet on Chicago.